0: is all about speed and fast results and now broadcasting from his floating home
1: somewhere in the atlantic ocean the dream business coach himself jim palmer well good afternoon everybody this is captain jim palmer the dream business coach coming to you from i think probably georgia south carolina as you're hearing this i'm interviewing uh my guest martin holland um about three weeks before you're hearing this, but I'm really excited because this is a topic that is so near and dear to entrepreneurs and small business owners. It's he wrote a book called The Profit Problem. But let me introduce Martin. and We'll bring him right on. Martin is a business coach. He's been uh, he's had a very very successful run at businesses. He's taught over 300 small business owners how to use the financial information to reduce stress. Who doesn't want that? Martin earned his um, a degree from Hastings College in in, uh, Hastings, Nebraska, and then a master's in business administration from the University of Oklahoma. He became a business coach in 2011, just two years after myself, after selling a business. After 46 years of working in small business in positions ranging from truck driver to CEO, Martin collected his bookkeeping and financial knowledge into one place, and that is this book called The Profit Problem. I'm so excited to talk to you, Martin. How are you doing today? doing great. Thank you. It's a beautiful day in Oklahoma. It is a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day here. We're currently in North Carolina, but I'm always about three weeks behind. <laughs> but I'm really anxious to dive into the book, but I got to find out a little about you. Um, when, when you um, got your degrees, uh, obviously, you went to work. Did you do the whole, what everybody says, air quotes? You got the corporate job and then the entrepreneurial bug eventually bit you? Or tell, tell us a little no. bit about that journey.
2: Uh, when I got out of college, I Didn't know what I wanted to do. So I started driving a truck uh, for a group of grain elevators. Uh, If your listeners are familiar with those, not everybody is. Uh, I started driving a truck and uh, started paying attention to commodities markets. And coincidentally, I hadn't thought of this for years, but there were seven elevators in the group and uh, they fired a manager of one of them. And I came into work one morning and they handed me the keys and they said, run over to Shelton and open the doors. Well, I ran over to Shelton and opened the doors, and I stayed there for eight years as the manager, and then uh, became the manager of the entire group. And It was a lot of fun, but I couldn't imagine myself being forty years old and sitting on the plains of Nebraska trading commodities. So I uh, headed out to look for other things and uh, started a and, and in the in the interim there or after grain elevators up to now, started six companies. Uh, Two of them failed and sold four and uh, decided to become a business coach at the end of it because it's, it's really a lot of work to <laughs> to start a company from scratch.
1: It it, it really is. Now, um, is that also so you, you have something to do? Because like me, I don't know that I'll ever retire because I can't sit still literally for more than two minutes. <laughs> I got to be doing something. But um I, you, and, you and I are similar in age. You're a little bit older than me, but you're, you're still going with your book writing and coaching program.
2: Yeah, I would never uh, quit and I could. Uh, and every now and then a day pops in there, which makes me think I should. But uh, this has been the most rewarding, most fun. Uh, actually, I, I almost hesitate to call myself a teacher, but that's kind of what I'm doing. And when I can see Benefits to people, and they thank me for it. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. I can't
1: imagine that I'll ever quit until some event or health or something. Yeah, you it's know just- one of one of the problems I see, Martin. I'm sure you're, you'll probably agree with me, but feel free to disagree. Is that entrepreneurs? Uh, most of the ones that I've interacted with, they they the good ones are rainmakers. They know how to bring in the money, close sales. Grow revenue, but they stink at keeping the money because as more money comes in, they do different things. They take on new expenses, add personnel when they might not need it. All these different things. So, you know, it's not uncommon. I've seen people that might have a business that grosses two hundred thousand dollars, and let's say they net, uh, let's just say a hundred thousand for this example. Then they grow their business up to five hundred thousand dollars, and they're making eighty, right? So, is it is it the is the problem making money or keeping money?
2: Well, just real quickly, in an overview, there are four fundamental areas of every, of every business. That's my next book, by the way. Uh, and every business deals with these four things. Every business needs to be at least good at these four things in order to thrive. I said the business, not the business owner, but they are right. guiding the business. That's, that's leadership. That's having a vision. It's protecting your culture. It's uh, planning. Uh, it's holding people accountable. It's incentivizing. It's all the issues that deal with leadership. Okay. That's the first one. The second one is getting the business. That's marketing and sales. Uh, marketing is attracting leads. Selling is closing the deal. The third one is, so we've got guiding getting, and then the third one is doing the business and that's delivering whatever it is you sell, whatever you sold consistently on time, on budget, all those good things. Right. The fourth one is administering the business and administering the business. Um, So you've got is is everything else. I mean, it's bookkeeping, it's regulatory compliance, it's corporate governments, it's HR, it's IT, uh, it's taxes, it's cash flow. And when I'm talking to business owners who started their own business, I describe administrative functions as all those things you never even heard of when you started your business. And most business owners, back to what you originally said, you said they're rainmakers, most business owners are good at only one of those four things. And that one is doing It's be, That's why they started their business. I'm a boat repair shop. I'm an airplane mechanic. I'm a contractor, home builder. I'm good at that. They get completely ambushed by those other three things. Some of them are good at doing and also getting the business. They, they do some selling, but they, they don't do that with any, uh, regular systematic process. So for a a business to really do well, it has to be good at all those things, a vision, a culture, accountability, marketing and sales, delivering the product, and then also the administrative functions. This book, the book, The Profit Problem that I wrote, deals with the administrative function of not accounting, not how to do accounting, but how to use financial information to inform all the areas of business. Um anyway, I, we, we can dive into the specifics of that. But most small business owners, matter of fact, there are 30.2 million businesses, small businesses in the United States. And I say this with deepest respect, but I'll, about 30.2 million of them do not have financial records that are useful for making business decisions. They can pay taxes with them, they can find out if they made a profit when their accountant tells them next year. And that's where the subtitle of my book pops up. You say, I made all this money, so where is it? So cash management is a huge problem. Uh, and that, that is part of what I wrote the book for, but using financial information to make business decisions, informed decisions rather than gut feeling decisions. And one thing I like to say to people is, if you only knew what you could do, if you only knew.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: There's so much out there that that people can make decisions on information rather than gut feeling and get a completely
1: different outcome. You know, one of the problems I see for a lot of entrepreneurs <clears throat> is that uh, this side of the business, the ledger side, the green eye shade business, yeah. to so many people is Boring, right? And it's like it's like a burden. It's I'd rather be out, you know, networking. I'd rather be doing so many things, but it's important. Now, <clears throat> I'm I'm curious your thought on this because I'm sure it's probably a mix of the two. But if you were really good as a rainmaker and a doer, like everybody that starts a business has a God given skill or talent, that's how they build their business. But you also need the bookkeeping, and then eventually you're probably going to need legal and stuff like that. Do you think it's more important to hire a good CPA? Um, controller type person, or do you as a business owner really need to get in there and understand it yourself or combination? No, I, uh,
2: I think it is critical that you hire an expert. It might be an actual CFO in your business. It might be an outside accountant with a bookkeeper in your business. But I tell people in the very beginning of my book, that is not your job, Mr. or Mrs. Entrepreneur. That is not your job. And even if you like it and want to do it, it, you're not likely to be very good at it. Your job is to know what good books look like and then to know how to use the information to make business decisions. Uh, so to answer that question specifically, to answer that question specifically,
1: no, they should not do that. Right. And even, even knowing it, like I've, I've had a, just a phenomenal relationship with a very talented C- C- CPA who totally focuses on small businesses and and mostly home-based small businesses when, when I started. And um, <clears throat> he just, he, he tries to explain to us, Scott, if this is the right thing to do, then I'll just do it <laughs> because I don't I don't want to know, you know, because these long explanations about the tax laws that that's not my area. <laughs>
2: know, completely. My book has I mention these things because I want people to recognize good books. And I make the point that you have to know how the scores kept, You have to know what the score is. But even more than that, you have to know what to do about it if you don't like it. And you use the word boring. Well, uh, bookkeeping and accounting and, and the information that you glean from that are not boring to me. Okay. And, but I understand to a lot of people they are. Right. You know, I speak to groups and I say, hey, we're going to talk about bookkeeping. That's when their hands go under the desk and they start texting. So here's my, here's my antidote to that. If you knew what you could, if you could do, if you only knew, here's how I, here's how I, uh, combat that. I have what I call the 1% rule. If you can increase the average business in the United States, if they can increase their gross profit margins by 1%, they will increase their net profit by 14 and percent. Wow. The average business in the United States, if they increase their sales by 17 percent, keep their margins and overhead the same, they will double their net profit. Here's another thing you glean from books. The average business in the United States, if they raise their prices 10 percent, which they're all reluctant to do because they're scared to lose customers. But if they raise their prices by 10 percent, they can lose 22 percent of their customers before it affects their bottom line. So there I can just keep going with information like that. And that's when the desks, the hands come out from beneath the desk and they lean forward and they say, now what was that again? Mm-hmm. That's right. I said, if you can get 1% better, your net profits will go up 14 and a half. Well, how do you figure that? And then we're off to the races. I don't want people to understand or care about debits and credits. That what they need to know about is their margins. They need to know about break-even. They need to know about how to use breakeven to make decisions. Uh, breakeven uh, most people think of is the amount you have to sell before you start making a profit and that's true but the concept of breakeven it, uh, applies to every business decision you, that you make uh, the other thing you kind of talked about uh, that I want to lead into that people need to understand they're a rainmaker if you talk to people and I've talked to So, I mean, I've had over 320 business clients i worked with directly and I've talked to many hundreds more than that. But business owners will tell you all about their sales. And a few enlightened business owners will go from sales and tell you about their profit. Well, I'm here to tell people that the purpose of business is not sales. It is not profit. It is turning cash into more cash. And even if you get sales that have margins that lead to profit. You haven't done anything if you haven't turned it into cash because you cannot pay your bills with profit and you can't make your payroll with sales. It takes cash. So monitoring that entire clarity on that point, lower sales with higher cash return, a profit that turns into cash is worth a whole lot more than big sales and no net profit and even less cash. And right. So people need to have their priorities right, then they need to know how to measure them, and then they must know how to use their books to make decisions. And they definitely don't need to be bookkeepers or accountants to do that.
1: Yeah. Hey, um, for my listeners, I told Martin before we went live, I thought, in addition to really knowing the numbers side of the business, he's a great marketer because the title of his book, The Profit Problem, they say I make money, so why don't I have any? His phenomenal marketing. And um, another example of that is Chapter 5. You you titled Chapter 5, Business Isn't Brain Surgery. It's much harder than that.
2: And, and it is. Uh, I, I actually have some neurosurgeon friends and I laughed and we talk about it. They go, you're right. That's so funny. Become is focused on a very narrow, specific discipline uh, and subdiscipline. And these guys and gals, these lady doctors, go to school, undergraduate, graduate school, residency, specialty. There'll be fifteen years in training on a very specific topic, subject, brain surgery. It takes uh, an average of six days to create a business in the United States, and there you go. And we're wow. under this general, all those areas of business, uh, I said there are only four main fundamentals of business, but there are a lot of particulars within each one. You could get a PhD in each topic. Not that I recommend that. You don't need a PhD to succeed in business, but um, it's much more complex and there's no training. Uh, it's on the job training. You get out there and you find out what, I, mean, I didn't, I needed workers comp for that job. Mm. You just get ambushed where well, I had all this money, where did it go? Uh, I have an example in the book of, a, uh, and by the way, there are 40 different stories in there and every single one of them is true. I just changed names. Um, but I have a man who started a business with $30,000 in July. He called me in February. So that's seven months later and he was selling a hundred thousand a month. So that's a great deal, right? Going from zero sales to a hundred thousand a month in seven months. Well, not this time. The reason he called me was he was out of cash and he was, it was his average receivables were out there for 60, to 60 days and even a little over that. And his suppliers were riding him and he was going crazy. So he had margins, he had profit, he had sales and he had no cash.
1: Oh and boy.
2: He was almost, well, he was desperate. Let's just yes. put it So understanding what the real purpose of business is to turn cash into more cash is just a huge, um, huge realization people need to have.
1: I think I saw it uh, in your book when I was preparing for this, uh, you have the thing, how to double your profit without doubling your effort. Can you briefly talk oh. about that?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, um, I have examples in there. I got another one called how to build homes for free. That's really good. And it's a true story. But uh, doubling your profit, people just need to realize um, the specific... Thing is, I already mentioned if you can increase your sales 17% to average business in the United States, you will double your net profits. And the reason for that, without getting too far into the weeds, but it's in the book, is there's a thing called break even. A lot of us go to work, most business owners I talk to on the first of a month, and you think everybody makes a little money that day. You make some money, your employees make some money, your landlord, your suppliers, everybody makes a little money that day. And just go through the month, but that is fundamentally, absolutely not true. You do not make any money until you hit break even, nothing. You have to pay all your expenses, not just your overhead, but your variable expenses, the cost of sales, the cost of getting a sale before you break even. And there is, you need to know that number and you need to know what day of the month that happens because before that, you are making nothing, zero, Not after that, you are making it all before none of the gross profit margin is yours, afterwards, all of it is. And I have a statement in the book I said, if you don't break even till the 29th of the month, you better not go fishing on the 30th. That's
1: right, yeah,
2: because that's your only day before everything resets next month. People have to know that, and just by knowing what your breakeven is, what your margins are, being aware of them is a fundamental management. You don't even need to read management books. Just be aware of that and they will get better. I've seen it happen so many times. If you measure your margins and measure your break-even date, they, they will both improve simply by paying attention to. It. Now there are reasons for that, but they just will. And people need to know that because if you're running around thinking you're doing a good job because you're making sales, Maybe, but managing that way is what I call managing by accident.
1: Uh, right, It's hard to thrive by accident. You might, but it's hard. Martin, we have about uh, three more minutes or so. I want to ask you, why do, why, do, why do small business owners have such a hard time setting prices that will enable them to actually increase their profit?
2: Because they let their competitors set their prices for them. And mm. that is the race to the bottom. And that is the death knell of most businesses. We need to understand what margins we have to have at the capacity of whatever it is we do and what it takes to break even. Then you have to have the courage to go ask for that dang price. There are ways, give them reason other than price to do business with you, but you have to have the courage. I've seen it so many times. That's the whole purpose of that 10% example. I said, guys, you raise your price 10%, you can lose 22% of your business. That gives them the courage to charge what they have to charge. And then every time, without fail, the ones who do it, they don't lose any business. They just make 10% more. And 10% price increase is huge. It's way more than 10% sales because a 10% price increase doesn't bring with it any cost. The 10% increase in sales brings with it more cost of goods sold. So it's that they don't understand the power of changes. They let the competitors and they haven't reached the point yet where they say, you know, I'm not doing this for nothing. There's a reason to do this. And I'm here to make money. And if that's what I got to do, I'm going to do it. And actually get to the point, say, I'm either going to succeed by making money or I'm going to go broke and go do something else. When you reach that point, that's when life changes.
1: Um, just real quick, I want to sneak one more in there. Do you um, ever work with companies that are looking to expand? Do you like just opening new units? Do you like buying existing businesses? Well, we have, I have businesses. I don't buy any
2: businesses anymore. I have uh, the, the goal of every business I work with. I mean, this winds up being it. Everybody has a unique vision, but this is kind of the overarching is to build a highly profitable business that can work without the owner. Okay. So, That's a business you could sell, or if you chose to keep, you wouldn't have to go in all the time. Mm. I don't work with startups anymore. That's exhausting. They don't really, I mean, I love them. I'll help them. If somebody wants to come in, I'm happy to talk to them. Most of my businesses are in expansion mode, but but by expansion, we first expand profit and cash. That's real expansion. I don't care how many uh, locations you have. If you can make more money with one, then that's what we want to do. And by more money, I mean, Turn it into cash. Right. Every business I work with is in expansion mode, but we kind of have to refine it by that becoming expanding profits and cash, then expanding locations and customers and employees and things like that.
1: Well, I also read in your bio, Martin, that you uh, like doing long distance bicycle riding.
2: Yeah, I. I think it's one of the reasons I can still work. Uh, I have two hobbies. I'm a painter, and I. uh, and I ride bikes, and I do a lot of road trips in Colorado every year, and I've been doing that about 15 years. Uh, and as you, as you reach my age, which is older than you are, you worry about muscles. But mm-hmm. the muscle, you really worry about that one that's thumping in your chest. And, and biking and conditioning is, has been really good for just maintaining health, and, and I love it.
1: Well, good for you. Well, it's been a lot of fun having you on the show. Um, I'd love good to have you back plan. sometime. Uh, tell people where they can get your book and how they can uh, get in contact with you. Well, you can get it on Amazon or or Barnes and Nobles or any, any
2: of the regular places, but Amazon is the one most people use. It's the profit problem. They say I make money, so why don't I have any? I have a website on the uh, book, just has some testimonials. I also offer some tools about how to figure break even the effects of price changes and so on on my website and the website for the book is www.theprofitproblem.com and I welcome you to go there and uh, take a look at the calculator tools that really surprise a lot of you. break even the effects price increases, the negative effects of discounts, things like that.
1: So you want me to send people to profitproblem.com and that, that'll yes, be sir. the best website. Yes, sir. Awesome. Martin, thank you so much. It was a, a lot of fun having you on the program enjoyed meeting you. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Hey folks, that wraps up this very special uh, interview with Martin Holland. He is the author of The Profit Problem. They say I make money, so why don't I have any? Go to theprofitproblem.com. Um, that's where you can connect with Martin. And uh, if you want to connect with me someplace other than here, you go to getjimpalmer.com, getjimpalmer.com. If you're interested in my uh, virtual mastermind and coaching program, that is dreambiz. Coaching.com, dreambizcoaching.com. That is it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You take good care.